Let's continue reading Judges chapter 18. Now in this chapter we have the migration of part of the tribe of Dan to the far north of the land of Israel. Judges chapter 18, verse 1. In those days there was no king in Israel. And in those days the tribe of the Danites was seeking an inheritance for itself to dwell in. For until that day their inheritance among the tribes of Israel had not fallen to them. So the children of Dan sent five men of their family from their territory, men of valor from Zorah and Eshtal, to spy out the land and search it. They said to them, Go search the land. So they went to the mountains of Ephraim, to the house of Micah, and lodged there. While they were at the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young Levite. They turned aside and said to him, Who brought you here? What are you doing in this place? What do you have here? He said to them, Thus and so Micah did for me. He has hired me, and I have become his priest. So they said to him, Please inquire of God that we may know whether the journey on which we go will be prosperous. And the priest said to them, Go in peace. The presence of the Lord be with you on your way. So the five men departed and went to Laish. They saw the people who were there, how they dwelt safely in the manner of the Sidonians, quiet and secure. There were no rulers in the land who might put them to shame for anything. They were far from the Sidonians, and they had no ties with anyone. Then the spies came back to their brethren at Zorah and Eshtal, and their brethren said to them, What is your report? So they said, Arise, let us go up against them, for we have seen the land, and indeed it is very good. Would you do nothing? Do not hesitate to go and enter to possess the land. When you go, you will come to a secure people and a large land, for God has given it into your hands, a place where there is no lack of anything that is on the earth. And 600 men of the family of the Danites went from there, from Zorah and Eshtal, armed with weapons of war. Then they went up and encamped in Kiriath-Jerim in Judah. Therefore they call that place Mahanadan to this day. There it is, west of Kiriath-Jerim. And they passed from there to the mountains of Ephraim, and came to the house of Micah. Then the five men who had gone to spy out the country of Laish answered and said to their brethren, do you know that there are in these houses an ephod, household idols, a carved image, and a molded image? Now therefore consider what you should do. So they turned aside there and came to the house of the young Levite man, to the house of Micah, and greeted him. The 600 men armed with their weapons of war, who were of the children of Dan, stood by the entrance of the gate. Then the five men who had gone to spy out the land went up. Entering there, they took the carved image, the ephod, the household idols, and the molded image. The priest stood at the entrance of the gate with the 600 men who were armed with weapons of war. When these went into Micah's house and took the carved image, the ephod, the household idols, and the molded image, the priest said to them, What are you doing? And they said to him, Be quiet. Put your hand over your mouth and come with us. Be a father and a priest to us. Is it better for you to be a priest to the household of one man or that you be a priest to a tribe and a family in Israel? So the priest's heart was glad, and he took the ephod, the household idols, and the carved image, and took his place among the people. Then they turned and departed, and put the little ones, the livestock, and the goods in front of them. When they were a good way from the house of Micah, the men who were in the houses near Micah's house gathered together and overtook the children of Dan. And they called out to the children of Dan. So they turned around and said to Micah, What ails you, that you have gathered such a company? So he said, you have taken away my gods, which I made, and the priests, and you have gone away. Now what more do I have? How can you say to me, what ails you? And the children of Dan said to him, do not let your voice be heard among us, lest angry men fall upon you, and you lose your life with the lives of your household. Then the children of Dan went their way. And when Micah saw that they were too strong for him, he turned and went back to his house. So they took the things Micah had made, and the priests, 
who had belonged to him and went to Laish, to a people quiet and secure. And they struck them with the edge of the sword and burned the city with fire. There was no deliverer because it was far from Sidon and they had no ties with anyone. It was in the valley that belongs to Beth Rahab. So they built the city and dwelt there. And they called the name of the city Dan after the name of Dan their father who was born to Israel. However, the name of the city formerly was Laish. Then the children of Dan set up for themselves the carved image and Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, and his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan until the day of the captivity of the land. So they set up for themselves Micah's carved image, which he made all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. Once again, let's begin our study of Judges chapter 18 with some background notes. All of the land of Israel is sometimes referred to in the Bible as from Dan to Beersheba. That is from the far north of Israel to the south of Israel. Judges chapter 18 gives us the background as to why the northern extent of Israel is referred to as Dan. Part of the tribe of Dan migrated to the unconquered territory in the north and settled there. Now it's not that the Lord didn't give Dan enough territory in the central part of the land, but Dan did not conquer all their allotted territory. The Amorites continued to exist in that area. Read about it in Judges 1, verse 34. So the tribe of Dan went and conquered the Canaanites dwelling in the city of Laish in the north and rebuilt the city for themselves. Now, archaeology confirms the accuracy of Scripture at this point. When you visit Tel Dan today, you can see the excavated Canaanite gate to this city. Furthermore, the burning of the city by Israel at this time is confirmed by archaeology. Now, what about all the killing here? Anybody ever ask you that question, how come God allowed all this killing back then? Well, certainly the extent of the killing in the civil wars that we read about in Judges 12 under Jephthah and the almost annihilation of the tribe of Benjamin in Judges 21, that killing certainly was not justified. But clearing the land of the pagan Canaanites was justified. God had given all this land to Abraham under the Abrahamic covenant years before this time. And God had patiently waited for the Canaanites to repent of their gross sins of idolatry and immorality. But now, with Israel's arrival in the land, the time had come for God's judgment on the pagan Canaanites dwelling in the land. God did not want his own people polluted. And that's why God wanted a clean sweep. But Israel, of course, failed to follow the Lord wholeheartedly in this matter and ended up, as a result, adopting some of the foreign gods and pagan practices. Now, just one more background note before we go to our doctrinal points. Don't get the idea that everything, everywhere, was totally up for grabs during the dark days of the judges. The Book of Ruth, for example, takes place during the dark days of the judges. What a wonderful story of love and devotion. And then furthermore, periodically, when the people would return to the Lord under the leadership of a godly judge, there would be a time of blessing and following the Lord. So there is some good news during the time of the judges along with all the bad news. Let's move now to our doctrinal teaching points for Judges chapter 18. 
Doctrinal point number one, eclectic religion is pleasing to man. Eclectic religion is pleasing to man. And eclectic religion is when you pick and choose what you think is best from several religions as to doctrine and methods. The tribe of Dan had an eclectic religion. They wanted to worship the Lord, but they wanted to do it their way. God's way was no graven images, no priests other than the line of Aaron, no shrines, only the central sanctuary of the tabernacle and later the temple. But the tribe of Dan wanted to worship in their own way. They wanted graven images like the pagans had. They wanted to have their own priests. They wanted to have local shrines. Why? Because it was easier and more convenient and more like the other nations. Eclectic religion is pleasing to man. The same is true today. People don't like to hear about the doctrine of hell today. So they drop that doctrine. People do like the idea that there is no longer any role distinction between men and women in the church. And so that unbiblical doctrine is adopted. People pick and choose the doctrines that are pleasing to them. Eclectic religion is pleasing to man. Doctrinal point number two. Eclectic religion is not pleasing to God. Eclectic religion is not pleasing to God. Look at verse 31. So they set up for themselves Micah's carved image, which he made all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. The tribe of Dan set up their shrine containing Micah's graven image. And they set up their own priesthood in direct violation of the word of God. Numbers 3, verse 10. And this was all with the idea of somehow it was pleasing to the Lord. Look at verse 6 again. And the priest said to them, go in peace. The presence of the Lord be with you on your way. Can you believe it? They really thought they had the stamp of God's blessing on us. Talk about eclectic religions. Meanwhile, the true house of the Lord and the true priesthood was in Shiloh. That's the point of verse 31. Eclectic religion is not pleasing to God. Proverbs 14 and verse 12 says this. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. That's the way an eclectic religion is. It seems right, and it's pleasing to man, but it is not pleasing to God. The false worship of God by the tribe of Dan paved the way for the further idolatry of Jeroboam I. Remember, Jeroboam I set up two golden calf idols in the northern kingdom of Israel. One was at Bethel and the other here at Dan. It all started with the eclectic religion of Dan right here in Judges 18. Now you might say, well, what does that have to do with us today? Well, let me ask you. Are you practicing an eclectic religion today? That is some form of belief that is pleasing to you, but not to God. Do you think you can get to heaven, for example, by staying out of trouble? and doing the best you can? Well, that may be pleasing to man, but that's not pleasing to God as far as how to get to heaven. In fact, it's like telling God he's a liar because God says there is only one way to heaven and that one way is through Jesus Christ. 
and yet you have the audacity to say that you can save yourself? That's eclectic religious thinking. It's not from the Bible. Eclectic religion is not pleasing to God. Practical application. Have you experienced the futility and emptiness of idolatry? Have you experienced the futility and emptiness of idolatry? You know, when the tribe of Dan took away Micah's priests and idols, look at what Micah said back here in verse 24. So Micah said, You have taken away my gods which I made, and the priests, and you have gone away. Now what more do I have? Oh, the futility and emptiness of idolatry. Think of what Micah is saying here. The gods which I made, how futile. And yet today, think of how people worship what they have made. Let me ask you, has your home or your business that you started become your god? That's an idol that you've made. That's idolatry and it's futile. Micah also said here, you see, what more do I have? Verse 24, that's exactly what some people will say when they come to the end of their lives. The gods of this life were all that they had, and they realized too late the emptiness of idolatry. How much better to realize now the emptiness and futility of idolatry and come to Christ? Have you experienced the futility and emptiness of idolatry?